Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Seeing you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say, you need to talk to Dominic Carter, because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league, and I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level, so that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 7. And good morning, good morning, good Thursday morning, Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We have a lot to get to this morning, and we will try to get everything in. Two stories are breaking as we speak, but let's start with the uh, town hall uh, done former President Donald Trump, to those of you that think that he's finished, look at the reception he received before and after the town hall meeting. The fact of the matter is CNN did the right thing, having the uh, town hall meeting with the former president. It is the responsible thing to do as a network, have events with all the candidates. But nowadays, especially the ones you don't agree with. Let's see if MSNBC will do the same thing. And Fox News, for that matter, as well. But President Trump also did the right thing, not backing down on any of his positions. One question from the moderator, does the verdict in the civil sexual assault case disqualify him from being president? Manhattan jury found that sure. you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out and they went up. Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And the, usually you, you leave office. You say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up, and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape, happens to be African-American, called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Interesting. And... uh... John Johnson of Eyewitness News and then CBS local uh, happened to be married to uh, Miss Carroll uh, at a time. And Mr. Trump wanted that to be permitted uh, in his trial that she apparently referred to him, uh, one of the uh, city's most prominent uh, African-American anchors as a quote unquote ape. Uh, I never had the the greatest of relationships with John Johnson uh, 
I, I always felt, folks, that here's a candid moment, that as I was coming up and, and he saw that the mantle was being passed from him to me, that he didn't really take a liking to that. And so we never really had the best of relationships. But that's a backstory. Uh, again, uh, Trump did well at the town hall. So a couple of stories as it relates to corruption. The Biden family apparently using shell companies to enrich themselves. Uh, the findings of the Oversight Committee, Oversight Chairman James Comer, uh, identified nine Biden family members known to have benefited and said the Bidens have received millions from China. Instead of being with honest with the American people, President Biden has claimed since the 2020 election that his family has not received money from China. That was a lie in 2020, and he continues to lie to the American people now. The Bidens have received millions of dollars from China. It is inconceivable that the president did not know it. The White House refuses to correct the president's statements showing the president is now using the federal government to run interference for his families and his own role in these schemes. Now I want to say a few remarks about the developments last week. A week ago, I sent a subpoena to the FBI. And uh, it's interesting to see how all of that is going to uh, play out. We do apologize that his comment was uh, cut off, Mr. Comer, but he had a lot of interesting things to say now yesterday uh, morning. Two stories that are literally breaking as we speak. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is stating that he will not support Long Island Congressman George Santos in his reelection bid after the uh, freshman lawmaker was uh, blasted with fraud and money laundering uh, charges. McCarthy even went further, if you will, in a Wednesday interview with CNN stating that Santos should consider dropping out of the 2024 race while he deals with the court case and his uh, tattered, if you will, uh, reputation. No, I'm not going to support him, the Republican leader told CNN. He went on to say, that is House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and this is a kiss of death. It's frankly the last kiss of death for for uh for Mr. Santos. He went on to say Santos has a lot going on. I think he has other things to focus on in his life other than running for reelection. When asked if he would call on Santos to resign his House seat if the House ethics panel rules that he broke the law, McCarthy responded yes. And Mr. Santos, as he does on everything, deny, 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 and complete denial. This is what he had to say, referring to this as a witch hunt outside the courthouse in Central Iceland. We have an indictment. We have all. We have the information that the government wants to come after me upon, and I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious and fair. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is it's a witch hunt because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. 
Mr. Santos, you should count your blessings that it took four or five months because I thought you would be indicted a lot sooner. Count your blessings, but that's the silver lining. It took this long. Dead man walking politically. So that's one of the uh, breaking stories that the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, is walking away now from from George Santos. The other one is a big one. It, it, it focuses on minutia in terms of details, but it is a big one. You may have heard in uh, news headlines, Alex Barnard, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, on the eve of Title 42 expanding and expiring, excuse me, Mayor Adams is weakening, this is major, the right to shelter rules. Weakening, weakening them. The mayor says New York City has reached our limit. And under an executive order, the city is suspending rules that require families to be placed in private rooms with bathrooms and kitchens, not in group settings, and that a and that set a uh, a nightly deadline for newly arriving families to be placed in shelters. So it, it, the city says it's a decision that is not being taken lightly. But this is the beginning of the end, and um, it's unfortunate that it came to this. In the city of New York, the mayor got us in this situation, and now he's trying to dig his way out. Speaking of Mayor Adams, and we are about to open the telephone lines. We see your calls coming in from Maine to New Jersey and Brooklyn, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Speaking of Mayor Adams, the mayor is right to continue to sidestep commenting on the ongoing investigation into the death of 30-year-old Jordan Neely, the homeless man who died May 1st after being placed uh, in a chokehold. The mayor, uh, apparently feeling the heat, held a press event with no reporters. It was closed to the media, but it was broadcast uh, live online. And the mayor said to the public in this address, that Mr. Neely did not deserve to die. My fellow New Yorkers, this has been a week of strong emotions in our city. One of our own is dead. A black man, black like me. A man named Jordan, the name I gave my son. A New Yorker who struggled with tragedy, trauma, and mental illness. A man whose last words were a cry for help. A man named Jordan Neely. Jordan's death has devastated his family and shocked his fellow New Yorkers. Again, the mayor is right to not take a position as far as the investigation. And I, and I, I don't, I don't understand the point of why he had to say that Mr. Neely, uh, it, it was black. We, we've all seen the video, but, uh, the, the mayor also said that people who struggle with mental illness, people who struggle with mental illness are often caught up in a cycle of violence. Today, I'm here to talk about Jordan's life before he got on that train. 
The circumstances surrounding his death are still being investigated. And while we have no control over that process, one thing we can control is how our city responds to this tragedy. One thing we can say for sure, Jordan Neely did not deserve to die. And all of us must work together to do more for our brothers and sisters struggling with serious mental illness. I want to state up front that there were many people who tried to help Jordan get the support he needed. Okay, folks, let's start with the telephone calls. A number of issues uh, that we are dealing with this morning. Let's start uh, in Maine, and then we'll go to Brooklyn and some of the other calls. Let's begin with Frank in Maine. Good morning, Frank. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, always an honor and pleasure to speak to you. Um, Dominic, no matter what they do to President Trump, ex-President Trump, no matter who comes out of the woodwork and and, uh, accuses him of whatever, whatever he accuses, whatever he's accused of, uh, whatever these whatever these uh, political foes have to say, or these or these so-called journalists, um, Trump is going to win the nomination. Um, this man is Teflon. He will never go away. People know it. They feel it. And um, and I feel that he's just he, he's just raring to go into the general election. Um, there's nothing that can stop them. They, they have to get a credible, credible, credible <laughs> accuser, and they haven't yet. This woman, this woman came out of nowhere, and she got two million dollars. That should be a that should be a wake up call. Five million, five million. Five. I'm sorry, five million dollars. Excuse me. And that should be a wake up call for all all um, all people, like all men, who in their younger days. Said hi to a woman, hello to a woman. How you know what 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 could they be doing? Like twenty years twenty years down the road, they can accuse you of leering, uh, stalking, threatening. It, it's scary, but nevertheless, Trump will win the general election. Uh, Dominic, have a great night. Thank you, Frank, for the call in Maine this morning. He is definitely on his way to the Republican nomination. And he's only, it appears, a heartbeat away from winning uh, the presidency. The fact of the matter is, as I consistently say, the Democrats don't have a deep bench, including the current occupant of the White House, which may, who may have legal problems of his own. I don't, I don't envision it coming to that. But you never know the situation with Hunter Biden under investigation and money funneled, according uh, to Mr. Comer, to nine Biden uh, family members. It's going to get very interesting uh, in the very near future, certainly as this race heats up. Susan in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I am even more delighted than ever to speak to you because of your knowledge and background, which I heard you speaking about last night in the um, Southern District in the courts and how well you explained so much. And, okay, this this is the essence of what has just been driving me crazy, is how did they even establish during this trial that President Trump was ever even in the same location as I call her 
um, oh, I won't say what I call her. But, you know, so this lady who couldn't even say what year it was that this so-called um, or uh, supposed uh, situation that was just, you know, totally bizarre when you look at all the facts. And I don't even care if it wasn't President Trump. If it was any man that was accused of some year over 25 years ago, I don't know the year, but this happened. Now, if anybody knows Bergdorf Goodman, it is not a typical department store. This is people walk. The people walk in there have usually their own person there that they work with. You don't just go into a dressing room. You're always attended. It is. It's not like Bloomingdale's or Macy's or any of that. Agreed. It's so implausible what she said. But was it ever established that they were even in the same place? So how could he be excused? I don't think it was. He says he never doesn't even know who she was or anything. And she's and they're accusing him that they're actually saying that he's liable for sexual abuse. How did they even? How could he be? Doing anything like that, if it was never established that they were actually in the same place, same time, that it would it is totally implausible anyway. I'm so upset. Susan, you you make you make a, a lot of uh, good points, and everything was innuendo at at this trial, and the judge basically just said, "Well, we're not going to establish that. What we go, are going to do." is allow the Access uh, Hollywood uh, tape and will allow two women with similar stories about Mr. Trump uh, in which he has not been charged of either of those cases. And as far as, let me just say this, Susan. So the the photo with E. Jean Carroll, Trump with his head to the camera, John Johnson uh, of Eyewitness News and uh, went on to WCBS and uh, and someone else. It's uh, Mr. Trump's first wife, I believe, in the photo off the top of my head. What the photo reminds me of, and it, this may be it, but I'm not sure. So, Susan, I'm a member of what's called the Inner Circle, right? And the Inner Circle, we put on a performance every year. I, I didn't do it this year because I was in uh, Oklahoma but WABC was profiled in the show, and WABC, thanks to our owners, John and Margot Casamitidis, had a, a, a table at the show where staff members attended, our, our uh, president, uh, uh, President Chad Lopez. Everyone that was in town was, was at this event. And so when you're, the reason why I'm saying this, so when you're at the Inner Circle event, right, it, it's a who's who it's almost like what happens in Washington when no matter who the president is, the media gets together. Well, that's what the inner circle is in New York. And that's what the photo looks like it's from. I'm not sure. But that would explain why John Johnson was there. It is impossible to remember how many people you encounter. That's almost like someone saying to me, Susan, well, Dominic Carter was there and here's the photo. And you might produce a photo with me shaking your hand. But you shake so many uh, hands at that time, it's very hard to remember, if not impossible, who, who you were encountering. encountering. It's just uh, the, the trial was, was tough. But, but you know what, Susan, that there's a silver lining in everything. And I'm going to give you the final say in one word. Here's the silver lining. 
You saw Mr. Trump. Uh, uh, I'm assuming that you may have seen him at the uh, CNN town hall meeting. The audience didn't seem it didn't seem to bother them at all in the beginning or the end, and some even laughed as the reporter asked the question about E. Jean Carroll. I'll give you the final say, Susan, before I move on. Uh, no, I just yeah, okay. So I have a nickname for her: the Jig is Up Jean. Um, and um, that uh, this is totally implausible. This was a real tragic um, uh, attempt at any kind of justice. We should all just be really – I'm looking forward to the appeal. Right. But, see, even even the appeal, Susan, as I said last night, that process is wicked. You throw the mud right now, by the time the appeal is heard – so it's front-page news right now. Let's say Trump, for argument's sake, wins the appeal. It'll be a a year and a half to two years, if not later from now, and that same A1 story will be on A25, and no one will care. But, Susan, thank you for the call. Susan in Brooklyn, we want you to have a lovely morning. Phil in the Bronx. Good morning, Phil. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. I wanted to talk about that uh, Jordan issue uh, real quick. Very, very simple. Uh, look, he's, he, Mayor Adams pulled what Obama did with Trayvon Martin, that glorification, that beatification of, of, of someone who may have been the problem. But this guy, this guy had 40 or some odd arrests. He was bad news. The way he talks about him was that he was a saint, this praising of, of people who are recidivists in terms of crime, who keep committing crimes. I don't care if he was a a Michael Jackson impersonator or, or uh, Moses impersonator, it doesn't matter. It's, the fact is he committed 40 crimes and he was charged with 40 crimes. The issue here was that Adams should step away because there's a deep element. There's a deep personal element. He's African-American. The victim was African-American, and he's pushing us down the throats of people in New York to believe that this was a racially motivated subtle. But he's doing it to, to make people believe it was a racially motivated situation, which it was not. Okay, but wait, Phil, I want you to explain this to me. So Adams is refusing to take a legal position on this, even going to the extreme of having a closed event today where it was only him and the camera. No media, no questions. So isn't isn't that running contrary to what you just said? No, 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 sir, because he's being dictatorial. He's he's dictating what what the situation was in his personal view, and there's no way anybody can comment or, or give any, any feedback. And that's detrimental to the situation. I'm not saying that the on the other hand, I'm not saying that the Marine was perfectly innocent. Look, the guy the guy over overstepped his ability. But the point is if it had been white on white or, or African American on African American this stuff would have never made the news. Why is this issue where white upon African-American, by, even by an accident, a freak accident, well, I don't believe he intended to kill him, why should this be glorified and dignified as a racial, a racial attack? Well, I, I, I don't think it had anything to do with race, Phil, no, number one. Number two, uh, unfortunately, it has, it has all the elements that the media looks for. You you have someone uh, that years ago was a Michael Jackson impersonator. So 
Once you could find that video of him doing Michael Jackson, you got a hook. Then you have the death, which looks very, very ugly on camera. And as you just stated, Phil, and, and you know, I, I don't know why it's this way, but if it's if it's black on black, for lack of a, ble- a better term, nobody could give a hoot. But if it's if it's a white uh, uh, attacker, quote unquote, and a, and a black victim, it's the end of the world. Live trucks from Chicago to New York City, uh, live, 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 uh, investigate, investigate, investigate. And, you know, I, I guess this all goes back, Phil, to um, to the case in, many, in many, Minneapolis. And that's why, listen, what, what the police officer did in Minneapolis was wrong uh, on, on his neck. But that one case has set us all back as a society so far. And so the media... The media, let me try it this way, Phil, and thank you for the call, Phil, because I've got to take a break. The media has been under attack uh, in communities of color uh, in which the media has been accused of not accurately portraying what happens to African-Americans when they're victims. So that's the backdrop. Then we have the last couple of years. Then we have Black Lives Matter, and that's another disaster that has destroyed this country. And so now, anything that happens, anything that happens that involves a black victim and a white police officer or a white person uh, doing the attacking, you are presumed guilty until proven innocent. And in, in the world of the media that exists today, that is simply the way it is. Anybody that tells you different is simply not being honest with you, or they are lying to you. If it is white on black, there is no presumption of innocence. And that's scary, it's reckless, and it's dangerous. We are going to take a break. We're taking your telephone calls this morning, 800-848-WABC. We're going to reset when I come back, 800-848-9222. Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are back. When I tell you folks that former President Donald Trump is formidable and in all likelihood headed back to the White House, don't believe me. Just look at how he did on CNN during their town hall meeting. Don't listen to me. Judge by the reaction that he received from the crowd during the CNN town hall meeting in New Hampshire when the moderator gave him everything she had, everything she had to try and try and disrupt him. You have to understand, I've been in that situation, having moderated a debate with, with Hillary Clinton. And let me tell you something, folks, when you, when you, and she was in her prime headed to the top, when you're doing, it was up in Rochester, New York, when you're doing something like that, they remove you or at least they removed me out of out of news coverage 
and they put you up in a hotel where no one knows where you are, and you're a nervous wreck going into this type of event. Caitlin Collins, that's what she was dealing with. And she tried everything she had in the kitchen sink. And Trump was as smooth as a cucumber. She couldn't get him. You don't think that she wanted to trip him up so that her name would be mentioned in every single newspaper this morning? Of course she did. You don't think that she's auditioning to be Don Lemon's replacement and the Mega Millions contract that comes with that? And I'm not hating on her. I wish her luck. They say Don Lemon was making $7 million a year. That means she's going to come in at about $5 million a year. But my point to begin with, with the sky's the limit going northbound in terms of salary for that 9 p.m. slot on CNN. And so Caitlin Collins was positioned quite well, but she went up against quite the formidable opponent during the uh, town hall meeting, and President Trump uh, did very, very well. That's one of the stories that we're dealing with. The oversight chairman, James Comer, identified, and this story is really starting to come on my radar, nine Biden family members known to have benefited and said the Bidens have received millions from China. Another story we're following. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy basically says, George Santos, who's that? McCarthy says, Santos? I, I, I don't know a Santos. Who's that? Dead man walking in terms of politics, George Santos. You can say it's a witch hunt. You can reach into your Trump bag all you want, Mr. Santos. As I said last night, he is someone that needs psychiatric help. I didn't say he needs a psychologist. I said he needs psychiatric help. The difference necessarily in this case A psychiatrist can prescribe medication. Some psychologists can too, but certainly a psychiatrist can. And he's looking at 20 years in prison. Another major story we're following this morning, Mayor Adams, Mr. Migrant himself, is weakening right-to-shelter rules. So under an executive order, the city is suspending rules that require families to be placed in private rooms with bathrooms and kitchens. So in other words, and not in a group setting. So in other words, what Adams is saying via uh, weakening this right to shelter rules is that it's up. (laughs) It's up. He's stating that the the, the women that will come here now, and it's unfortunate for them with children, he's saying in terms of a a private room and a bathroom and a kitchen, you're no longer going to get that. That's what the uh, mayor of New York City is uh, declaring. Let's go to Jennifer in Boston. Good morning, Jennifer. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Thanks, as always, for hearing me. Um, I I just wanted to speak. I heard you earlier. talking about Mayor Adams and the political review thing you do um, at around 1130 and um, the comment he made about um, the young man on the train, the train that was in the chokehold and he didn't deserve to die. 
which is all well and good. He didn't. But, you know, I'm not a black person, so hopefully it's okay that I comment on this. But I will say, Dominic, there were two heartbreaking cases of black-on-black crime, one on Long Island. Are you familiar with David McKenzie, the 54-year-old man uh, that was killed by the 26-year-old man with the long criminal history? Are you familiar with that? I'm I'm not, but but go ahead. What's the second one? And I'll I'll be concise with both of these. But this guy, he was half a block from his house, this 54-year-old man. He was crashed into a bug by um, this thug that was drunk and driving without headlights. And um, that man proceeded to kill the older man. He literally beat and kicked him to death. And I happened to just come across it on YouTube. And I was so heartbroken that the family was there in despair. It was just awful, Dominic. What we, what is, what is, you know, people that are held up and the outrage about this guy is it because he was killed by a white guy? Is that why people are so upset? Because I don't, I wouldn't have known about poor David McKenzie. He was a patriarch of his family. His poor elderly mother was sobbing in court. It's a heartbreaking thing. And also in Chicago, there was a 24-year-old black police officer. She was supposed to pick up her diploma, her master's degree on Saturday. I am aware he, of that one. He was killed, Dominic, by four Four black men, a nineteen, two nineteen-year-olds, an eighteen-year-old, and a sixteen-year-old. Okay, and they all had guns. They they were that was their sixth female victim of the night, and she got into a shootout with them, and then they stole her weapon, and and they sold it. And I will say one more thing: because of the situation with the police in Chicago, it took over twenty minutes for anyone to respond to the call. And um, they couldn't even wait for the ambulance. The cops, by the time they got there, they had to take her, and she died. She was a beautiful young black woman. The woman, her her last arrest of the night, the person she arrested, the female she arrested, actually was crying, saying what a a kind officer she was, how good she was. So these are the people that we should care about, whether you're black or white. But I'm just, I'm saying, you know, Black Lives Matter, all these protests for this guy on the train. I'm sorry he was mentally ill. Uh, and I don't think he should have died, but I don't think the man meant to kill him. These are out-and-out cases where people are setting upon it with savagery to kill other people, and nobody seems to care. I don't get it. So I thank you for hearing me. There's also two other officers just this week in their 20s, one in New Jersey and one in Wisconsin, that were killed, gunned down. It's horrible, Dominic. I, I thank I, you for I, I hear me. you. Thank, thank you for the call, Jennifer. I, I hear you, and unfortunately— it's it's the times that that we that we live in, and um, I, I wish I wish that I had a a better answer, but it, it is tilted so far to the left that the only thing that my colleagues in the fourth estate care about, or at least the editors that make the assignments, are. Uh, you know, daily daily crime, but when you have a case like the Neely case, uh, you know, I don't even want to say it sells papers because newspapers are basically, you know, gone. Yeah, I guess it's now clicks and, and television coverage, and it, it, it's tough. And, and we still, as we speak live right now, we still don't know how the uh, Neely case is going to turn out, as I have said I don't believe that this Marine should be criminally charged. Uh, he stepped up. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he didn't know that, um, 
that Mr. Neely was going to die. He stepped up to protect others. But look what you get for stepping up. Look at what you get for stepping up. Let's go to Robert in Suffolk County. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Mayor Adams, he owns this. He better put his big boy pants on and come on the air and say New York City is no longer a sanctuary city and that with court orders in hand, he's going to be at the bus terminal in Port Authority turning buses around back to the border. Well, that Robert, that's what I said should have happened um, from day one. And... I, I just, I just, I mean, I, I get it that the mayor thought that it would make him a national winner by um, by accepting these migrants, but uh, it's done anything but, and and it, this may cost him his political career. This is how bad this situation is. And, and Robert, get this. So President Biden is not happy with Adams criticizing him. So just two months ago, Adams announced that he would be serving on the president's campaign national leadership advisory team, right? Well, that list was, uh, the official list was released Wednesday, and guess whose name was not on it? Eric Adams. So you have Governor Kathy Hochul, she's on it. You have uh, Queens Congresswoman Grace Ming, she's on it. It's a snub of Adams. And of course, it's over his criticism of uh, Biden on the uh, on the on the migrant issue. And so, again, Eric Adams, to your point, where you started with, when it comes to these migrants, he has no one to blame but himself, or he needs to fire his advisors immediately. Whoever told him to make this dumb political move, sacrificing his constituents, the people of New York City, for. Migrants that could care less about him, you, me, or anybody else, they should be fired on the spot. Because no matter how you look at this, and thank you for the call, Robert, no matter how you look at the migrant situation, right, it's either going to destroy Adams as a mayor, but even if it doesn't, how he handled the migrant situation will definitely be a defining moment of his mayoralty. So in all likelihood, he probably won't face a a primary. Another Democrat won't challenge him, just like another Democrat didn't challenge de Blasio. However, in the general election, how he handled the migrants will be a defining moment for his reelection campaign. And Mr. Mayor, a piece of advice, all of that measuring the drapes, At the White House, I would put that on hold for a while. As a matter of fact, I would put it on hold for a couple of years uh, because it doesn't look that way at all. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and more of your telephone calls from Brooklyn to Westchester and New Jersey. WABC. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. E. Jean Carroll isn't holding back her true feelings to Mr. Trump's lawyer after a jury found his client 
liable for sexually abusing and defaming her. Carol, who dedicated the verdict to, quote, every woman who has suffered because she was not believed on Wednesday, said she is still digesting the significance of her win. This thing should have never been in a court of law. It was so unfair to Donald Trump. You talk about being blindfolded, one arm tied behind your back, and both feet tied. That's what he had to deal with. She went on to say there's sort of a feeling of victory, that at last somebody has held them accountable in a courtroom. Now, what what does that mean, Miss Carroll? Are you in, inject, injecting your situation to even the criminal invest? What, what does that mean, that at least someone has held them accountable in a courtroom? That's a very interesting comment. And she says it's such a mash of overwhelming emotion. It's hard to put it into words, she told CNN. Jurors took less than three hours to award Carol $5 million in damages after determining Trump was liable for sexually abusing uh, Carol on an unoccupied uh, floor of the uh, department store some 25 years ago and defaming her decades later after she came forward. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your telephone calls up until the top of the hour, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And if you can't get through on the phone, you can also tweet me at Dominic TV. And I will actually use some of your comments. So here's how you know that President Biden is in deep, deep trouble. He was in New York on Wednesday. I believe Westchester County. Not even on the radar screen. Nobody cares. Nobody's aware of it. That's the president of the United States. William in Westchester. Good morning, William. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yeah, Dominic. They gave a presidential visit and nobody came. Uh, I I frequently use the library at Westchester Community College, and I heard early uh, on on Wednesday morning that there would be a visit there. I I checked with the library to make sure they'd be open and no problem, so I came up there and I arrived while the visit was still going on. There were more cops than there were people in the audience. Uh, the Channel 12 had a uh, photo spread of 51 pictures, mostly of Biden and uh, the governor and Bowman, Representative Bowman, uh, at the podium. There was one picture of the audience. It looked like there were a lot of people, but it just was a, a narrow view. It was in a very small uh, auditorium, very small theater in one of the classroom buildings. On the other hand, today there's going to be graduation in in a gym where there's hundreds and hundreds of people uh, capacity. So that so this was, I believe, a very quickly arranged uh, uh, meeting. There were, I think, more cops, county and state cops, there uh, than than there were people in the auditorium. And uh, all the hallmarks of something that was rapidly arranged heard nothing before, and now we're hearing uh, nothing after. So, William, what does that say to you? Compare that with Donald Trump making a a, 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 a visit on the road and. On the, on the highways, there in the byways, there are people lining up to get there. Nobody was there. I, from uh, Politico had an article that they were uh, the audience was largely political uh, activists and uh, and government union uh, uh, officials. 
Well, William, you you make an interesting point. Thank you for the uh, call. You know, it's interesting, folks, because here it is. I'm a political reporter, and I have to be honest with you. I did not know that Biden was coming to town, and it's my job to know. I didn't know until I turned on the uh, the local uh, newscast, and they had what's called a vosot, a 15 second reader with a sot, and and that was it as it relates to the president's visit. Listen, if you want a Democrat to win, fine, fine, fine. I I have no problem with that. But if you think that Joe Biden is going to win the election, let me sell you the Brooklyn Bridge for, let's say, um, $8 million. Right? I'll give you a discount. $8 million. If you think... (laughs) that Joe Biden is going to win win this election. It's not going to happen. By all accounts, as of right now, Donald Trump is headed back to the White House. Whether or not you want to see that or not, that's the way it appears. All systems go. Francine in Brooklyn. Good morning, Francine. What's on your mind? Hi, how are you, Dominic? I'm um, well, and I hope you're well. Yes, I'm not, a, I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but I want to say that I, I was really impressed with his... Um, with his presentation tonight, he was on, he was on point, and I really appreciate the fact that he's um, trying to fix his migrant situation. I'm a Democrat, and I voted for Biden, but I'm not going to vote for him this time. But, and so, I was very impressed with Donald Trump's performance. That's all I have to say. Okay, so Francine, why are you as a Democrat not willing to support Mr. Biden? Um, I don't like the way he's um, handling the uh, country right, lately right now. Um, he's letting, he's let, he's, he seems to be lax in a lot of different things, and um, he's he's not he's not addressing a lot of the issues that are happening in this country right now. That's that's how I feel about it, you know. And I addressed him. And I uh, there's a um, candidate that's coming up. I think Robert Kennedy Jr. Yes. I'm hoping he comes up because I would like to vote for him. You know, if if that's the case. Um, Trump, I'm still on the fence about, but uh, most of my friends uh, don't like him. But I was really impressed with his performance tonight. Well, it's interesting, Francine, and I thank you for the call, and you have a uh, a wonderful, wonderful morning. Following up on the uh, town hall, let's go to New Jersey. Let's say good morning to Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? The town hall, what I saw was total bias from CNN, obviously, and you <laughs> – would never conduct yourself that way, even though you said you were nervous. And I actually worked in the Southern District with the New York Post covering some of the anti-Semitic trials, attacks. But I'm only saying that to show up. <laughs> but one thing she said that there, there, um, Trump only you only built uh, 52 miles of wall. No, new wall. Some of the structure was crumbled, fencing that was you know decapped because decomposing and falling apart, degrading. So that was not true. And she said there was no at all election fraud in Wisconsin. Well, there was some. There's always some. Was it a factor that it swung? Maybe, maybe not. And Georgia, there was no. In Georgia, the lady with the golden dreadlocks. So remember, they said, oh, there's a a water main break and everyone's got to exit. But they stayed in, the Democrats, and they pulled out what Giuliani described like a coffin that Dracula, <laughs> so they pulled out that coffin. So she was totally dishonest. But I'll leave you with this one point. What I really loved from Trump 
was that when they were, she was grilling about the Ukraine war, and will you say that he was uh, he's a war criminal? And he, he was saying like, listen, I'm going to have to negotiate peace and stop the killings. I can't call him a war criminal. That's going to hurt the negotiations. And they're like, do you want the Ukraine to win? He said, I want the killings to stop. That's what America supports Ukraine, but we don't want war. We want peace. We don't want all the billions going there. We certainly don't want our troops. So he was outstanding. But I think the woman was so biased that that it was like she was hurting herself more than Trump was. was well, I, Trump I, did well. I, I hear you, Andrew, and thank you for the call. Let me just say a couple of things about Caitlin Collins, uh, the, the woman that um, – that Andrew is just referencing. Again, I know what it's like to be in her shoes, folks. When I did, I did the Bloomberg debate. I did uh, the Hillary Clinton debate when she was considering running for president. And it's a tough position. I'm not defending her, but it's a tough position. You have to understand when you're doing something like that, you're in meetings every day for hours for about a week. And you've got every producer and their mother in your ear, telling you, and everybody's giving you facts on what to handle, how to do it. You have to go after him on here. With In my case with Hillary, you have to go after her on this. But what was the, the major thing for me with Hillary Clinton was that I, I said, guys, listen, she's a woman, and I don't want to go too far. I don't want to be seen as when Lazio went after her in that debate. And so you, you, it's a very fine line. That's what I'm what I'm trying to say. But it, say, but it's very it's very intoxicating because I remember with the Hillary debate. So the debate was on a Friday night, and we're flying back to New York from Rochester on Saturday morning, and we're on a plane, and today, and all all the seats have the uh, television cameras behind the um, the seats at that time, and my face was on every one of them on the Today Show that morning, playing part of the debate. So Caitlin Collins, I, I know you folks are really not going to really care about this, but remember, she's she was trying to play to the cheap seats, attacking Trump. It didn't work. You can't beat him like that. He, You will never beat him like that. And she's playing towards Don Lemon's replacement. That's the only thing that's on her mind, and she's hoping to wake up and I can't be a phony because I was in the same position. You are in a situation where you're hoping to wake up the next morning and you want to read your name in a positive way in every single newspaper, or at least the major newspapers uh, in America. And let me say this, folks. Are you feeling overwhelmed or anxious? It's okay to not be okay. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and 77 WABC is here to remind you that taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health. Join us throughout the month as we share tips, insights, and personal stories to help break the stigma surrounding mental health. Tune in to 77 WABC for resources and support And remember, you're not alone. Let's prioritize our mental health together. For a special edition 77 WABC Mental Health Awareness Month t-shirt, head over to wabcradio.com slash cares.
We care about you folks, our listeners. Joining me right now, Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Hello there, Dominic. What do you have coming up? Uh, Got a a really fun show today. Brian Kilmeade is going to join us. I'm going to ask him now that uh, CNN gave uh, Donald Trump an hour in prime time last night. And a lot of conservatives are angry with Fox over Tucker Carlson. If uh, CNN is the new conservative network in town and Fox is the new CNN, we'll see what he says. We've got the AC report. We're going to be talking about crime. I'm going to be joined by the Atlantic County prosecutor. And uh, we got confused on the time the other day, but I'm going to be joined by Russell Kenzior, who is an expert in floor safety and why so many people are falling on the floor and what we can actually do about it. So I'm looking forward to that. So another great show coming I hope up. So. Let's take another call. Jimmy in Brooklyn, you're talking to Frank and Dominic. Listen, we're going to have to develop uh, some sort of citizen-funded uh, way to have money set aside for any hero, any good Samaritan who gets in trouble for doing a good deed. Otherwise, any one of us could be trying to save somebody. We get involved, and then we get the power of the state and the media and the radicals coming against us. It's not fair. People don't need to be rewarded for doing good deeds, but they need to have a way to get financial backup if they get caught in a situation like this marine hero. It's not. It's a shame. It's a shame. This is going to deter good people from stepping up. Not me, maybe not you, but there will be a lot of people that think twice, and sometimes you have to act. You don't have time to think about it. Well, thank you. Thank you for the call, Jimmy. Frank, it's one of the reasons why people say don't get involved. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, this is textbook. So coming up right now, folks, we have Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. I will be back again Friday, tomorrow. Right now, news headlines with Alex Barnard. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity. And the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.